Welcome, everybody, to This Podcast Has Autism. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. My name's Marcy. I'm one of the hosts of the show. I'm here with my husband, Bran. Today, we're talking about dependence in autism. And today's um, article we found from The Art of Autism. Most parents of neurotypical children go through the pain of letting go by their late teens or early 20s. Because autistic children have developmental delays, the letting go process is often delayed and sometimes happens in, that, in, in the child's late 20s or 30s or beyond. Yet most of our children will outlive us parents. So how do we prepare them for this? Raising autistic children may be a little different than raising neurotypical children, but in essence, it is the same. Parenting is about making difficult choices. It certainly isn't about making ourselves or our children too comfortable. We as parents must challenge our children to challenge themselves. This may happen by that child taking a school bus independently. It may happen by them going away to camp or even away to college. The ability to live with other people outside their own family may come much later. Codependency between parents and their children is a huge problem in the autism community. We as parents carry baggage from our childhood. If we rely on our children for our own validation and sense of identity, we are placing a huge burden on our children. They have their own trajectory. Sometimes circumstances take us parents out of our own comfort zones and force us to let go earlier than we would want to. Separation is as painful for parents as the child, yet it is necessary for all to grow. Growth is, by definition, about not staying the same or in a comfort zone. It's about becoming your own person by challenging yourself. This is why we go to school. We leave our parents at a certain age. We have difficulty experiences in our lives and we become stronger because of it. We can't develop our own muscles if we don't use them. The bond with our children is strong. Trust and letting go is necessary for them to grow. Trusting in others, trusting in God if you believe in God, and trusting most importantly in our children. Parenting our children is absolutely about love and patience. It's about helping to create a sense of separation from us parents, a sense of identity they know when we are no longer here. So I know that dependency is not just about a child with a parent relationship. Um, It can be in a spouse relationship or a significant other. Um, I know my husband relies on me for a lot of different things. Um, When he was in school, he relied on me for a lot of his schoolwork. not, I mean, I didn't do it for him. It's just that I had to help him um, understand it a little bit better and and work through it. Um, I know that daily tasks and, and things like that. Um, yeah, they don't come easy to me. Yeah, I, I end up having to, to help him remember things like like different um, appointment reminders and and things like that, and and directions to, um, like to different appointments or whatever. And some things you just step in, just just do it because it's easier. Yeah. So I know it's you know codependency is not just a parent-child relationship. It can be a spouse relationship or 
um, significant other um, type of relationship as well. On that note, on to the interview. Hello, we're here today with Precious. Um, Precious, why don't you introduce yourself? Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Precious Weatherspoon, and I'm a native of Blauble, Arkansas. I'm the youngest of five siblings, um, but I currently reside in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, I've been an educator for about 16 years now, and that covers special education um, from preschool to school-age children. So my background as far as career-wise has always been um, working with children. Um, I am a mother, a single parent mother of three. I have two daughters and one awesome son. My daughter's names are Dariana and Jayla, and my son's name is Caleb. Um, I'm currently in school right now, and I'm in the healthcare field, so I'm going to school to be a nurse. Uh, it's been stressful <laughs> trying to balance that and also being a single parent, but so far it is actually going pretty well for me. Um, I have wrote this book. This is my first book, but I am working on a second one. Um, I think that's about it, guys, as far as like my background about myself. Wow, that sounds really amazing. You've got, you. a, you've got a good head on your shoulders. Thank you. Okay, um, so uh, your son, how old was your son when he was diagnosed with autism? Caleb was officially diagnosed at the age of two with autism, and he is four now. Oh, okay. And what were some of the symptoms you saw that made him made you get him diagnosed? officially at the age of two but as I think back now with the knowledge that I have guys um I think I began to notice certain things about Caleb when he was almost a year old and it would be like certain things like loud noises like my hair dryer being on a bell being rung um we would be riding in my car and the sound of the train was just very hard on his ears um, I remember a particular moment, it was around Christmas time, I had a Christmas wreath, guys, and inside this wreath, there were bells inside of it, and every time somebody would knock on my door, or that door would open, and those bells would ring, he would instantly, like, cover his ears and close his eyes, and at that time, I just thought, my kid sure does have sensitive ears, you know, and I didn't know much about autism then, so I just, I didn't think to put the two together. I just thought he had sensitive ears. So those really are the things that stood out to me the most. Okay. And how hard is it to be a single mom raising a child with autism? It can be really challenging at times, guys. Um, Caleb has a full schedule, but... I try to make sure that I'm balancing it and with him there comes a lot of emotions because guys I am a single parent and so in my household I don't get a chance to you know say hey tag your it you know or this mommy needs a mommy break or anything like that so it does get really challenging at times and um I'm very overprotective of Caleb, and I think I am more so overprotective of him because I don't have anyone outside of my home that, you know, that really 
helps me with Caleb as, as far as like parent wise or caregiver wise and I am his voice for now so that for me is just a whole other level of being protective over him yeah but, um, you have to be his one, advocate yes I have to be his advocate mm-hmm. one thing that I, I when I when I'm asked that question I don't want people to think that all single parent situations always have to be negative it is hard, and <laughs> I want to be honest and real about that part. It is hard, but what I can say is, like, my son has taught me a lot, guys, and I am so proud that I was hand-chosen by God to care for him along with his sisters. And so being a single parent has its ups and downs, but it also has its rewards. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. And then um, you wrote a book, so what did you decide to what made you decide to write a book? Well, I I wrote a book, guys, because there was a period when I first got Caleb's diagnosis, and we were going through so much beforehand with him health-wise that I was extremely depressed. And I made a decision to reach out to counseling And my therapist suggested that I started writing in journals just um, how I felt. And that was a way she thought maybe I can get my feelings out instead of having all that, you know, inside and not talking to anybody about it. And I did that for about two years. But each time that I would write in my journals, guys, I would think of, like, is anyone else going through this? <laughs> like, is there anybody else that, you know, are, are having these feelings and feeling lost and confused and don't know what to do? So I decided that I needed to share my personal journey with my son that has autism with the world because I know I didn't like the feeling of being alone and, and I wanted to reassure others that they, you know, had somebody else to reach out to and that they didn't feel like they were alone. Okay, that's amazing, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your book? Sure, okay. So the name of my book is A Piece of My Puzzle Through the Eyes and Heart of a Single Mother Raising a Child with Autism. And this book is about about me as a mother, of course, um, with a child that has autism. And it's about me being a single parent and how I have been strongly devoted to conducting research on autism, spreading autism awareness, autism acceptance, and providing hopes for families of those, you know, with loved ones who do have autism. Um, In this book, I am very transparent about things that I experience. And and I always say my personal experience, my personal journey with my son, because I know each and every family has their own journey and everything is different. But in this book, you'll see my good moments, my bad moments with my son, being a single parent just um, three times or just being a single parent with a child that has special needs. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Does your son go to an autism-based school? He does. Um, Caleb attends a great school, um, and the name of it is Pediatrics Plus. It's in Sherwood, Arkansas, and he has been attending this school for um, about three and a half years. And and I say, guys, I am so blessed to have this company. Um, He has a great staff. Um, 
that looks after him as far as like his teachers and his therapists go. He receives occupational therapy, speech therapy, and physical therapy along with preschool services at this school. And Caleb is also blessed to be able to actually be in an autism classroom where he attends. And so it really gives me comfort and gives me peace to know that at this point, he is being serviced and his needs are being met at the school where he's located. Yeah, that's cool. Um, How do your other kids help out with their brother? They really, really, really are are big girls. Like, my daughters have always treated Caleb like he was just their little brother. (laughs) And, um, And I say that a lot because I really do, like, they can see me working with Caleb and it'll be like me going through different techniques or methods or a certain way that I do things with Caleb and they'll instantly jump right in and they'll start doing that same thing. And I think that when you are a sibling and you have a sibling that has special needs, it can be very hard. It can be almost to the point where you feel like you're on the back burner and your siblings always come first. But my girls, like I said, have always treated their um, their little brother just like any other kid. They understand that he has some limitations and certain things are hard for him. But at the same time, they always try to adapt and help him in any way that they can. I really am blessed. Me and Caleb both are blessed to have my daughters because they are really, really helpful. Yeah, they sound like really good girls. Thank you. And what are your some of your son's triggers and does he have a does he ever have meltdowns? Yes. So the thing with Caleb is um he the triggers that I've noticed for him is he's a very sensory oriented kid. And what I mean by that like he is like overstimulated and it's hard for him to control his body and I'll use one for example. Um, when I feed Caleb, I normally give him a plate that's sectioned off, and he has his preferred foods. And one day, guys, I was attempting to let him try some different fruit, and I didn't tell Caleb, like, Mommy's putting this banana on your plate or I'm putting this apple on your plate. I was just putting the food down there, and he just, <laughs> yeah, he lost it. He had his meltdown, and when he normally have his meltdowns, it's, He doesn't, uh, you know, try to physically harm anybody or himself. He'll probably just throw his body on the floor, kick around, and his meltdowns don't last long at all. But I understand that most of his meltdowns are stemming from his triggers, which are sensitivity to, like, foods, to noises, and just being overstimulated and not being able to let us know, I'm tired, or I don't like that, or I need something, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What are some things that he likes to do that are calming? I wish you guys could really meet this kid. Because people, I, and I always have to, when I say things like this about Caleb, I say, I have a video so I can prove it to you. <laughs> but Caleb is the best speller. I'm sure he's the best speller in my home. He loves letters. And if I give him his letters, he will spell out anything. He can see something one time, guys, and he'll remember it. So letters are his go-to thing, and he is such a tech-savvy kid. Like, um, computer-wise, tablets, phones. Me and my daughters all have different phones. 
and we all have passwords on our phones. But this kid <laughs> knows everybody's passwords, and he knows how to operate our phones probably better than us. So these are things that we utilize, and we try not to overuse the um, technology so much because I know that can be assessed for him. But when we're out, just say at the grocery store or somewhere like that, um, we'll have our tablet or our phone because we know if we're out too long somewhere in shopping, that's another trigger for Caleb being, you know, in a crowded area and he's like, we're here too long, but we'll bring a tablet or something to help calm him and he'll just play on that while we're trying to get grocery shopping done or something. Oh, okay. That's smart. Yeah. Um, what have you found has been the most successful in helping your child on a day-to-day basis? What I've found and realized is that um, just making sure that we stick to our routines right now, whether it's making sure that he doesn't have food or drinks or electronics after a certain time, or um, recently I've been adjusting his diet, guys, and we eliminated red dye. Caleb was such a, I, I like to say, a juice junkie. <laughs> he preferred juice over everything. And so I said that I, I needed to take that away and eliminate some of those sugars and that red dye. And here recently, guys, he has been doing awesome. Like his the feedback that I've been receiving from his school, from his teachers and therapies, such as like Caleb's been sitting longer, he's attentive, he's even using his words more, and that's what we love to hear. Mommies that have these kids that are special needs or um, on the ASD spectrum, we love to hear that positive feedback, especially when we're trying our best to do things on our end to make sure that they are able to thrive and be productive. So that that really made me happy to hear that. But yeah. just making sure that we stick to our day-to-day routines and if we do get off on some kind of way, we always try to get back on it to help him out. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have a um, autistic son as well, and I've often wondered about the red dye um, eliminating that. So that's that's really interesting that you've you've um, yes. noticed a difference. Mhm. And and we haven't been doing it that long, but just in the short amount of time that I have did it, oh my God, guys! Like the results are really there. Like they are, and I'm so proud of him because I know how hard it is to change things for our loved ones when they're so used to a routine and things being a certain way for them. Right. So it's been working out so far. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. Have you tried any type of therapies, and which ones work the best for him? Yes, Caleb. Um, like I said, right now he's taking it. He has been taking these for a while. OT, he's taking speech and um, physical therapy. But um, we try ABA therapy. Of course, you guys know that's applied behavior analysis. For almost about seven or eight months, we tried there where the therapist comes into our home and they assist with like joint attention skills, using repetitive techniques to gain um, Caleb's attention and encourage and engage independence with day-to-day skills along with, like, social skills. And in my personal opinion and experience with Caleb, it was effective treatment for individuals with autism. Like, I really seen changes in him. Like, Caleb was, I used to use the term when I'm at home, I don't even attempt to try to make sure, like, everything is in order because, and my house is a circus, like, Caleb would be jumping off my couches, jumping off my tables and things, but 
when they came into my home, they helped me to get him on a schedule or helped me to regulate him in a way that he knew, like, Caleb, if you want to jump, let's go jump on your trampoline. You know, it eliminated him from jumping on my couch all the time, even though he's a boy, and I know boys are not going to sit still long, but it was just little things like that, guys. Um, They would come in, and they helped me put up visual aids around my house to help Caleb to see what he needed to do, not only us telling him he would be able to see him. So, as I said, ABA therapy was really beneficial for us. Um, Have you found any support groups that you like? I honestly have not found any support groups, and I think that's why I started my Facebook Autism Awareness page, and it's for anyone that simply wants to educate themselves about autism. It's not just for mothers like myself or caregivers like myself who have loved ones with autism. Um, I am always looking to join because I know I need that. Because I always say that most people, they encourage me and they'll say, oh, you're doing an awesome job with Kayla. But it's a total different feeling when you know someone else is walking the same journey with you and they're going through similar things and you can converse with them and they truly understand. Yeah. Yeah, we're all in this together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, how do you take time out for yourself? Like I said, I'm in nursing school right now. Um, then my three kids, my oldest daughter is 16, guys, and she's a, um, she's in 11th grade. She'll be graduating next year. And my middle daughter is 12. She um, is in middle school. But just trying to find that time for myself, um, it gets hard sometimes. But when it was warmer, I did actually used to walk in the park, and I'll have my headphones on, and I'll just enjoy that time to myself. Um, I enjoy something simple as guys being able to come in my room, <laughs> lock my door, and just say, Mommy needs a break, <laughs> and just being in here watching TV or doing nothing at all, just enjoying just silence, just at least for 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of take what I can get at this point. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And how do you balance giving enough time to each of your children? mentioned that you are starting to write another book is that awesome I am in 
excited about it. And I and I want to tell y'all so much about it, but I do want to say that it will be available, of course, before the end of this year. And I'm taking a different route. It, it's going to still be um, focusing on autism parents, but at the same time, I'm going to take a different route with it. And I hope you guys really enjoy it. Like I said, I'm very excited. I don't want to give too many details about it, but... I do want you guys to know it's still going to be in the ASD community for our um, family and our loved ones and caregivers. Something just for us to know that, once again, we're not alone out here. And there are people who are still going through the same thing. And we're a community. I look at us as if we're a community. And so this book is kind of touching base on that and how we can all work together and help each other out. Yeah, so do I. I actually feel like you know, other moms with, um, with ASD kids, you know, we're just all in it together and, and we're there to support each other. So that's amazing. Thank you. I agree. Do you have any advice for other single moms out there with special needs kids? I do. Um, my advice to other single parent moms is there is light at the end of the tunnel. I know it can get very hard. It can get frustrating. But no matter what things may look like at this present moment for us, I just want everybody to know that um, I really feel like God hand chose us to take care of some very special, very smart (laughs) individuals. And as a parent, we tend to always feel like we're on the teaching side, but I'm learning that we can learn valuable lessons from our loved ones. And I just want single parents to know that you can handle everything and anything that comes your way and just embrace it and enjoy the moments that you have with your loved ones. And anything else you'd like to add before we close? Yes, I want to thank you so much. This podcast is Autism. Thank you, Brian, and thank you, Marcy, for having me today. I truly appreciate you guys for this opportunity. Of course. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Also, I wanted I wanted to share this with you guys. Please, 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 if you have not already, head over to Amazon and head over to Barnes and Nobles and purchase my book, guys. And after you have read it, please feel free to leave your review. And one last thing before you guys go, please head over to my Facebook Autism Awareness page and like it. Join me in helping to spread autism awareness and acceptance. That page is called at our autism journey pieces of me okay perfect that's amazing thank you so much for being on the show thank you guys so much for the opportunity i really appreciate you guys now for some announcements awesomeness advocate won our giveaway from native organic so if you can send us your mailing address so we can send you your prize that would be great that's it for this episode until next time